0: What's going on Eagles fans welcome in to another edition of your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. This is the lockdown Eagles podcast as always part of the lockdown podcast network your team. Every day, Louis DiBiase joining you on this Friday edition of the show. Guys, we thank you for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. Today's episode of Lockdown Eagles is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it at McDonald's. I'm riding solo for the day. It is Friday, and you guys know what that means. It means it's time for Lockdown QB1. Each Friday, we dive deep into the performance of Jalen Hurts the prior week and just the state of him overall as QB1. But today, the show is a little bit different because of the way Jalen has been playing over the last month um, and just kind of the way he's been plateauing when it comes to his progress. It feels like there really aren't these high highs, or really the low lows either. It just feels like this straight line that's in the middle, maybe a little bit below the middle. And because of that, on top of a really rare opportunity in the world of college football on Saturday to evaluate two players at this position that could be key for the Eagles decision at quarterback this offseason. We're going to get into some other players today as well, and that's going to include Liberty quarterback Malik Willis and Ole Miss quarterback Matt Corral. The, to me, consensus QB one and QB two in the 2022 NFL draft class, they play against each other tomorrow at noon. So I want to dive into those quarterbacks as well, because, when it comes to the Eagles decision this offseason, when it comes to making Jalen Hurts the guy, trying to trade for Aaron Rodgers or a Russell Wilson or, you know, rekindling the Deshaun Watson rumors, based on, you know, what they think about those options, it also is dictated based on how they feel about this quarterback class, because right now they're positioned pretty well to get one of those guys if they want one with the third overall pick from the Detroit or I should say from the Miami Dolphins trade in 2021. They're set up to where they might be able to get Corral or Willis if they want one of those guys instead. So we'll get into those two as well, their prospects coming up on this edition of Lockdown Eagles. But as always, we're going to start this show off by talking about QB1 right now for the Philadelphia Eagles, and it's Jalen Hurts. And it's crazy the outrage I got After that win against the Lions on Monday, specifically because of my comments on how they used or didn't use Jalen Hurts in Detroit, like there was that was the most pushback I've gotten for a Jalen Hurts take ever. And I've said some pretty extreme things. Like, I've been very critical, and especially this last offseason, I was not happy with Jalen Hurts on this football team, not because of anything he did, but you guys all know the story, and I wasn't happy with the direction they went this offseason at quarterback, primarily featuring Jalen Hurts over Carson Wentz, over you know taking somebody like Justin Fields in the draft. I've said a lot of things about Jalen, especially this season, too. I've been very critical critical and I think fair, but overly critical when I feel like it's deserved and justified, but I got more pushback on Sunday and I was kind of disappointed at the, uh, at the outrage, but not surprised either. Um, It was literally one take I had out of a dozen that had to do with that win. You know, I had 40 tweets during the game. I did a 40 minute podcast. We do five podcasts a week on this show and yet it felt like one podcast, or one tweet, I should say, was kind of being the thing that defined how I saw this football team, how I analyze the game, the football team themselves, this quarterback in general. And you guys know that's not true. Like, I feel like I'm pretty good using context. And even when I, you know, don't believe in a player, I like to see both sides and be remain as objective as possible. Of course, being still strong in my convictions and my opinions, but it it was crazy, the outrage I got on Twitter. And here is what the pushback was from. So I tweeted early on Monday morning after rewatching that game against Detroit. And it was my feeling on Sunday you know, during the post game show. And then it was the same after I watched that game uh, over again on Monday. Here's what I tweeted. I said, quote, the Eagles played the worst team in the league and thought the best strategy was to hide their quarterback and run the ball nearly 50 times, which was true. It was the right. And this is what I said. Continue to say it was the right strategy, sadly. And it is telling after the entire year, they had the offense run through hurts. And that got crazy pushback people flipped i'm not sure why hurts had just 14 passing attempts and showed all the same issues that made this offense a lackluster product for the majority of the first half of the season when they gave him the reins when they were using him his usage rate was higher than any quarterback in the nfl he was the james harden if you will or russell westbrook of the nfl the eagles They took the training wheels off. Now, Nick Sirianni helped him out by using a lot of screen passes and a lot of simple completions. But at the same time, this team from the start of the season said, the offense is going to run through Jalen Hurts. We're going to see if he can sink or swim, and we're going to see if he can carry this football team. And the strategy did not remain the same on Sunday against Detroit. And to me, again, as I said in the tweet, that was the right strategy, but it was very telling that against the worst football team in the country, you hid your quarterback still. You still felt it was necessary to not just strike a balance. You know, where you were was crazy heavy on the side of passing the football. And then Sunday, you didn't find the balance of that and running against Detroit. You went the complete opposite way by almost running, what, 50 times in that game? So for me, that was telling about where the team sees Jalen right now. And I don't think that was really a huge hot take. But at the same time, uh, it was on Twitter. <laughs> and uh, I'm not really sure why. And I, I think I have, I have some theories as to why. I think, number one, people didn't like the negative perspective after a win. A lot of people use wins to negate, and this is fans, not really. I wouldn't say analysts or not even like the the really diehard fan, but the, a lot of people on Twitter, and Twitter is not the real voice of the majority, but the loud people on Twitter, they use wins to negate issues that are still there. Like, and that that was my problem is people didn't like that I was being critical of the football team in any way. like Just because some positives get you a win doesn't mean everything in that game reflects in a positive way. And it's our job on this podcast to not be homers, to not be fans as much as we are fans of this team. I mean, look at the jacket I'm wearing. I love this football team, and I am a fan and an analyst, but it's our job to discuss everything in the game. And I had like 30 other takes about all the positives from what the Eagles did in that game. And I even said in the tweet, it was the right strategy. It was a great philosophy for Nick Sirianni to get the win and improve to three and five. I think others didn't think I liked the strategy, even in a win, even though I said it over and over again. But the thing is, that positive strategy for the Eagles and for a win did not reflect on the quarterback In a positive way, the right strategy right now for this team to consistently win and produce on the offensive side of the football is a negative reflection on the quarterback's chances of being the guy, because at some point, eventually down the road, and for the majority of the future, the quarterback has to be the focal point of an offense to have sustained success, not passing the football 14 times. And even in those 14 pass attempts, he is still the same player dealing with the same issues, leaving the pocket way too early, not seeing the field well at all from the pocket, even from outside the numbers when there's open receivers. And when he sees them, he's late to the the read. And that was all the case again against Detroit. And now for the third week of the last four, Jalen Hurts has passed for under 200 passing yards. The Eagles are in the bottom half of most passing categories. They're 21st in passing DVOA. Jalen Hurts is 19th in DVOA for quarterbacks. He's 25th in QBR. He's 19th in on-target percentage. He has the third slowest time to release the football. He's completed under 60% of his passes through the majority of the last month and a half of games. And so that was what I said, like, let's call a spade a spade. This football team on Sunday looked like they were trying to win with their quarterback and not win because of him. And of course that strategy is going to change throughout the year because again, they're still going to want to see Jalen Hurts in the full evaluation try to carry this football team and develop more as a passer but it was telling that they were trying to win with their quarterback and not win because of him. And they were trying to make him a side part of the offense. He was still extremely effective as a runner. I mean, some of the rushing he had again was very impressive and look, rushing yards count just as much as passing yards. But when it comes to his development as a passer, like Sunday was a huge change in the way this franchise was using him. And to me, that's, reflective of Jalen's lack of progress and for people to not see that I'm not sure why that got so much pushback again I think it's because they won and people didn't like the the negative there and they wanted everything to be positive including you know analysis of Jalen Hurts and also I think some people just didn't fully read the tweet and made it seem like I wasn't happy with the way they won that football game that's not true at all again I praised Nick Sirianni I thought he had an a masterful game plan as a Jonathan Gannon, but the game plan did not include the quarterback and against a team as bad as Detroit. That is very telling. Now it's only one game. I'm not saying that means anything long-term yet, but it just from, from where you were, what you were doing on offense to what you did in that football game. Yeah, it's absolutely telling now who knows they might go out there against Los Angeles on Sunday, especially with their both starting cornerbacks out including Asante Samuel Jr., they might throw the football 40-plus times. But who knows? I mean, this football team might see that blueprint against Detroit as the way to go, to run through the strength of your team, which right now is your offensive line. So if they do that again and again and again this year and they suddenly become the Baltimore Ravens offense, yes, that is telling. It's the right strategy, and they're prioritizing that right now. But in the development of others, including Nick Sirianni, but it's also telling of their belief in Jalen Hurts as a passing quarterback. And so that's what I saw again on Sunday against Detroit is that the Eagles finally, you know, pulled back the reins because I thought they saw the same consistent things week in and week out. And it felt like halfway through the season, they kind of got their answer, at least as of right now. And they're going to go back to it and try again. But it felt like they were like, okay, we've seen a lot of tape now. A lot of it's the same. We need to start piling up some wins and start prioritizing, still keeping the season, you know, alive and, and from going off the rails, and then maybe getting back to the evaluation of Jalen. Um, and I thought that was a very rational take, but I, I guess not. I, I thought with Hurts, he was just, you know, he wasn't costing you the football game on Sunday, but he also wasn't a reason that you won the game either. He was fine. He ran the football really well, and he stayed out of the way, but that was uh, a Nick Sirianni game. That was the offensive line just wrecking the ball game, and that was the defense really stepping up and dominating 100%. I want to get into some other quarterbacks coming up next because tomorrow we have a rare opportunity to see the two top quarterbacks in the upcoming NFL draft class go up against each other. Liberty's quarterback, Malik Willis and Ole Miss quarterback, Matt Corral. Could one of these guys be the Eagles quarterback in 2022? Are they interested in selecting a quarterback in this draft? Are those guys worth it? How good is this class? Who's going to be the quarterback for the Eagles next year? Halfway through the season, what are you guys feeling about, if you were to put your money on, who is the guy in 2022 What's the name you put some money on? That's coming up next right here on Locked on Eagles. And guys, today's show is sponsored by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect, a place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing they have a dependable Wi-Fi connection and endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come to recharge. It's the place you always look forward to stopping at on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. For me, that was a couple weeks ago. I went to Boston. I'm headed to the city of Brotherly Love in Philadelphia next week. You know in the morning, I'm stopping for an egg, cheese, and sausage biscuit from McDonald's, or a McGriddle, the pancake breakfast sandwich. If you haven't had that, oh my gosh, go check it out. It is magical. Head over to your local McDonald's today. We're so happy to be brought to you by McDonald's. Again, they've always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family bring the community together. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We're loving it here at Locked on Eagle's. Guys, this is Louis DiBiase, your host today for your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, Locked On Eagles. It's Locked On QB1. We're talking Jalen Hurts. We're talking Malik Willis. We're talking Matt Corral. Heck, we're going to talk some Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers and uh, you know Deshaun Watson as well. I want to know what you guys think now halfway through the season. Who do you think? And hit me up on Twitter. We had a great discussion about this a couple weeks ago, but I want to kind of refuel that during the game tomorrow while we're watching Willis versus Corral. I want to know what you guys think. Right now, halfway through the year, you've seen a lot of the same things with Jalen Hurts. Some good, some bad. Kind of the same, though. Is he the guy next year? If you had to put your money on it, is Jalen Hurts the betting favorite? Is it Malik Willis? Is it Matt Corral? Is it Russell Wilson? Is it Deshaun Watson? or Aaron Rodgers. It's very interesting right now. It's all very much still up in the air because Jalen hasn't done enough to prove he's the guy, but he also hasn't played his way out of the job yet either. So we kind of still continue in this middle ground. Of course, though, if the season ends and we're still in that middle ground, that will be your answer. As we said in the offseason, he needs to prove it definitively because the Eagles have a rare opportunity this offseason to get that other guy in multiple different avenues. And one of them could be the draft. I know everybody right now is so into obviously evaluating hurts for the right reasons. And then it's the veteran quarterbacks because there's all these rumors. You know, I saw the Adam Schefter podcast the other day. Schefter and Mortensen talked about how the Eagles are going to be at the front of the line this offseason to try to trade for Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers. But I feel like we're not talking enough about the prospects in the 2022 NFL draft. The Eagles have three first round picks. This year. Right now they would have the third overall pick because of Miami. They would have the eighth pick and the ninth pick as well. They have a rare opportunity where they could not only get that rookie quarterback, but also build around him with multiple other day one and day two picks. They would have it's, you know, like come compared to 2016, you had to use all these draft picks to go get Carson Wentz. And then you had to find ways to build around him, and they really couldn't do it. Whereas now for having all the picks you do already and having the Miami pick up top, you could get Willis or Corral, use two other first-round picks to build that defense. You'd have another second-round pick to use as well, potentially to get those guys another lineman or another receiver or another defensive player, a third-round pick. It's, to me, the most enticing scenario, but you need to see one of these two guys step up and become a guy that you think it's worth making the investment in over trying to pursue a Russell Wilson or an Aaron Rodgers or a Deshaun Watson. And I would prefer this scenario because, like I said, with what it took to get Carson Wentz, it's going to take the same thing to get. Now, obviously, would I rather have Russell Wilson in a vacuum or Malik Willis? It's obviously Russell Wilson, but it's going to take all three of your first round picks to get Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers, right? And so you're going to have to use all of that draft capital to get the quarterback. I'd rather use one of the picks on one of these guys and then use all the other picks. You're going to get the best of both worlds. You can get the young quarterback prospect, and you can build this defense up, which is in desperate need of young prospects. So I'm really excited to see Corral and Willis in front of the country tomorrow. QB1 versus QB2, go at it improve just like Jalen Hurts is trying to do that they could be the face of the Philadelphia Eagles it's a rare opportunity I mean you don't really see QB1 and QB2 face off in college that often I guess you got it last year with Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields some people didn't have most people didn't have Fields as QB2 I was one that did Zach Wilson was the second guy in the draft but you know Lawrence Fields I would count last year but outside of that um You don't see it a lot, so I'm pumped. At noon, all I'm going to be doing is watching Ole Miss and Liberty. Now, the question could be, which one is QB1 and which one is QB2? Malik Willis has been my guy since last year. Halfway through the college football season, I found out about Malik Willis, and I fell in love. Like He gives me such Lamar Jackson, Michael Vick vibes with that gear running the football. Uh, he only Lamar Jackson and Michael Vick have had that kind of wiggle, that kind of burst, that zero to a hundred type of acceleration. And that is rare. His mobility is generational. There's a lot of great mobile quarterbacks in the NFL and in college football too. Matt Corral, extremely mobile in his own right as well. But Malik Willis has that Lamar, that Michael Vick in him. He doesn't have the same speed, but he's almost as fast And he has a complete cannon of an arm and he's a bigger quarterback as well. I really liked Malik Willis, but let me tell you, I've been watching a lot of Matt Corral. To me, he should be the Heisman favorite and he's starting to become my QB one with how smooth the mechanics are, the arm power, the throwing motion, the mobility, the tenacity, like the strong personality, the toughness, the physical run style. Both of these guys have such a physical run style. Malik Willis is on pace to shatter the broken tackle record for a quarterback in the history of college football, according to PFF College. Like These two are very enticing prospects. And I get that a lot of people say this is a weak QB class, and I've seen the comparison to 2013 thrown out there. I don't get that at all when I'm watching these two, or even Desmond Ritter, I think out of Cincinnati is a great third quarterback prospect. I'm not sure why is it as good on paper as 2018 was or last year, 2021 was where you have like four or five definitive guys, you know, we're going in the first round. No, I don't think it's that. But I also don't think, on paper, it's 2013. There is no way, to me, Malik Willis and Matt Corral should be compared to you know the top guys that year were what? It was E.J. Manuel, it was Geno Smith, it was Ryan Nassib. That was a historically bad quarterback class. I don't think this one is historically good when it comes to just the evaluation process before they actually play. But at the same time, I don't think it's historically bad either. Corral and Willis, these two give me Lamar Allen vibes. I think they have plenty of upside to make teams fall in love with them, especially through the pre-draft process with this college tape they're putting on right now. When when it comes down to seeing them perform at the Combine, seeing the mobility, seeing the natural gifts, seeing the ceilings, you bet both of these guys are going to be top five Top seven picks in the draft this year. I guarantee it. Hype season is real. It's coming in the offseason. And before you know it, these guys are going to be looked at as top prospects too. Again, it won't be seen as 2018 or 2021 depth-wise, but these two deserve to be up there. If they were in a class with any other class top quarterbacks, I would say they're right with uh, those guys when it comes to the best of the best. I mean, when you look at 2016, the last time the Eagles invested in a top quarterback prospect with a top two pick Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, the two guys, the Eagles were okay with moving up for were they seen as generational, like once in a lifetime prospects like a Trevor Lawrence or an Andrew luck. No, 100%. No, they weren't seen as those guys was Patrick Mahomes in 2017. No, he wasn't was Deshaun Watson in 2017. No, he wasn't. But those guys, had enough upside that it was still worth investing in them. And it absolutely paid off. It paid off for the Eagles drafting Wentz. It paid off for the Chiefs clearly drafting Mahomes. Before this mess this year for the Texans, it was paying off with Deshaun Watson. The same thing in 2018 with Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. I think Willis and Corral as prospects, they're right there with those guys. I don't think they're Trevor Lawrence before the draft. I don't think they're Andrew Luck. I don't think it's a blow your whole season up for these guys kind of thing, but they're also not players that should be second round picks or the first quarterback this year should not be taken at, you know, 22nd overall. Like if the Eagles want to invest in a quarterback with their top pick this year, these two are absolutely worth it to me. I don't think you would be forcing it with either one of these guys. And don't give me the Malik Willis, Jalen Hurts comparison, just because they have strong mobility. These two players are, are not the same at all. And I've been seeing that a lot. Like if Jalen Hurts can't make it work in Philadelphia's offense, why would Malik Willis? Guys, the talent is completely different. The strengths and weaknesses are completely different. And to me, it would be worth it. And I prefer that scenario over the Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson scenario. Obviously, it would be better to have Russell Wilson as a quarterback. I just would love to keep those draft picks, and I'm a huge believer in these two quarterbacks that are going to go toe-to-toe tomorrow. I think Willis and Corral are going to be studs in the NFL, and I want to get my hands on one of them, and they fit the timeline perfectly with how the Eagles are building. I just you, You'll keep the picks. You'll get a prospect, and this is the more likely scenario too, guys. Like, let's be real. Yes, Adam Schefter said the Eagles will be at the front of the line for Russell Wilson and for Aaron Rodgers. I got news for you. Russell Wilson is not waiving his no-trade clause for Philadelphia. Why would he leave Seattle for Philly? I think Seattle's situation is better than Philadelphia. You're not going to leave DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett to come to Philly. Considering the Eagles' track record with building around a quarterback lately, and considering the toxic environment it feels like they have at that position, and when it comes to the coach and just stability overall, why would a star like Russell Wilson, that's had to put up with so much instability over the years in Seattle, want to come to a place that might be even worse in that area? Or the same thing with Aaron Rodgers. Green Bay's situation is way more ideal than philadelphia and guess what the other teams that are, are going to be in line do they have the same ammunition as philly no but again if Rodgers or wilson say or deshaun watson even too who would not waive his trade no trade clause to philly this offseason or i should say yeah in the summer and before the trade deadline if those guys say no it doesn't matter how many first round draft picks and jalen hurts and other players that the eagles give that team they're not going to make a trade because Russell Wilson is not going to come here if he doesn't want to. So I don't think it's a, I don't think it's like impossible for Russell Wilson to say, I'll go to Philadelphia, because I think they would try to build around him as much as possible, and they do love to throw the football the majority of the time, and that's what Russell Wilson wants. And they do have weapons that you can build around for sure with Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard and Miles Sanders and Quez Watkins and a good offensive line. Like There are things to like about Philly, but I just... I can't see that. That's their. Is it the worst scenario or situation in the world for those quarterbacks to come to Philly? No, but why would you choose to go to Philly over like New Orleans or Pittsburgh? You know that that to me doesn't make any sense. I know Philadelphia is going to be interested, as we all should be as well. But I think the guys that you have a actual chance at are the two on my right. It's the two guys playing tomorrow. It's Malik Willis and it's Matt Corral. I think those guys are very much worth investing in. They're not on paper right now, you know, the Trevor Lawrence or Andrew Luck of the world, but I think they're right there with Zach Wilson last year, with Justin Fields, with Trey Lance, um, with Justin Herbert, who the Eagles play on Sunday. I think they're right there with them. They're exciting prospects with a ton of upside, a ton of raw physical abilities, mobility, strong arm, I mean, Corral's mechanics are just incredible. The way these guys can make plays off-platform, it's really impressive, and I hope they put on a show tomorrow. And there are names that you should keep an eye on. And they're starting to get mocked to the Eagles. For the first three months of the season so far, when you see PFF come out with a mock draft, when you've seen the draft network come out with a mock draft, it's been cornerback, defensive end, safety, linebacker for the Eagles in all these mock drafts. This week, PFF's mock, they had Malik Willis going to the Eagles. The draft network, they had the Eagles grabbing Matt Corral. They're starting, it's starting to gain traction. And why? Because Jalen Hurts isn't improving enough to slow this, you know, uh, what would be the word? Slow this momentum down when it comes to Corral and Willis. And so I highly recommend Eagles fans watch that game tomorrow. Ole Miss and Liberty, because you could be watching the future Eagles quarterback starting in 2022. We'll see what happens. Guys, today's Locked On Eagles is brought to you by Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar in the world. I, you know, every time I take a bite of one of these things, I don't even think that I'm chewing a protein bar. It tastes just like a candy bar. And guys, look, I love Thanksgiving. All of the good food and treats and plenty of the other stuff is just, it's my favorite holiday. But maybe You want a yummy dessert, but this isn't a day where maybe you want, after that giant dinner, you want to go for all the sugar and all the calories. You want to still feast on something delicious, but it's a healthy alternative. I have the solution for you, and it's Built Bar. It is incredible, and it is the healthy alternative. Only 130 calories in every bar, only four grams of sugar. They're low calorie, low carb, low fat high protein, and there's a flavor for everybody. You've got raspberry, you've got cookies and cream, you've got cherry barcia, you've got mint, you've got peanut butter, You've got right now their uh, flavor of the month right now is blueberry muffin. I mean, there's just so many amazing flavors. It's covered in 100% chocolate. It's not waxy. It's not tough like the other protein bars. It's soft. It's easy to chew. I bring them to the movie theater. Instead of buying the typical candy bar, I'll bring a built Bar. I'll start my morning with them. It's a great post-workout snack. I highly recommend built Bar. And yeah, even for a Thanksgiving dessert if you want to stay on the healthy side and really prioritize the savory treats with your Thanksgiving dinner. Guys, I can get you 15% off today on your first order at Built Bar when you head over to Built.com and use our promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 and you're going to get 15% off your next order. Guys, today's show is also sponsored by BetOnline.ag. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the NBA and NHL season brings you more props, odds, and lines than ever before. We've got our LOE 3 dropping on Sunday. We're going to try to win you guys some money in that Eagles-Chargers game with BetOnline, who remains your number one spot for all the football, basketball, hockey, baseball action, UFC, boxing, your favorite Vegas casino games, everything you can imagine don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season and head over to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and you're going to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit just use our promo code LOCKDOWN, that's lockedon that's l o c k e d o n to receive your bonus bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports bet online where the game starts All right, guys, Louis DiBiase wrapping up this Friday edition of Locked on Eagles. We are locked on QB1, getting into Jalen Hurts, getting into the possibility of the Eagles drafting a quarterback next year, whether it's Matt Corral, it's Malik Willis, heck, maybe it's Desmond Ritter with that second or third first-round pick you have. Is it Russell Wilson? Is it Aaron Rodgers? Is it Deshaun Watson? A name I didn't bring up that could be Possible next year if Green Bay commits to Rodgers, is Jordan Love. If they don't love Corral, if they don't love Willis, if they don't have a chance at Russell Wilson, if Jalen Hurts remains the guy he is right now, maybe they kick the tires and say, Hey, we'll give you a pick for Jordan Love. That's a possibility as well. Everything is still on the table right now. And it's it's tough to like to decide who's the betting favorite. I think right now the majority would still say Jalen. Just based on, there's just so many other options that are just so shaky right now. Like the traction, the momentum of, you know, knowing if a veteran would come to Philly, if the Eagles even would want one of the prospects in this year's draft, if they have a shot at one. Because you got to look at the draft order. Detroit and Houston have the top two picks. They could go Willis Corral or Corral Willis back to back, and then there's nothing you can do about that. So there's a lot of moving pieces still halfway through the season. So I would probably say Jalen Hurts is still the favorite. If I had to pick a favorite, I would say Matt Corral. I think he would be the guy the Eagles love the most in the draft class. Just when it comes to like his style of play, the arm power, it wouldn't take a lot when it comes to developing the mechanics and such a natural throwing motion. I think his personality would fit in perfectly to the city of Philadelphia. I think if they were going to take a quarterback in the draft, it would be Corral. And again, I think Philly wants a veteran like Russell Wilson, like Deshaun Watson, like Aaron Rodgers. But the reason I wouldn't make them the favorite is because, again, as much as they're set up to go get one of those guys with those picks, I just can't imagine that they sign off on that considering the other possibilities you could have, like New Orleans or Pittsburgh or Denver next year. I think it would be tough. But man, do I want one of those quarterbacks so bad. I mean, look at the kid that's coming on Sunday to play this team, Justin Herbert. He's one of the best quarterbacks in football already a year and a half into his career with the Chargers, and I miss having that kind of player. Like Thursday was tough again to watch Carson Wentz, who was dealing yet again. His sixth game this year where he had multiple touchdowns, passing, and no interceptions. That's atop the league, and you can still see the arm power is there. You see it with Justin Herbert. Look, I just, you don't have to have it to be a successful quarterback in the league, but I miss having that kind of arm talent. It just puts you at such an advantage. There's plays they can make that other guys can't, and they can overcompensate for things, even when there's issues on your offense, personnel-wise, on your defense, with your front office, with your coaching. We saw it with Carson for so many different years. I just want that power back, the ability to throw off platform, to make plays only a few can, like Justin Herbert can. And Jalen Hurts can do that with his legs. I just, I want the, I'm spoiled. I want the guy that can do both. I'm spoiled and I'm jealous watching around the league guys like Justin Herbert that can do that. Josh Allen. Um, Lamar Jackson, you know, it's just it's tough. It's tough to watch these generational players, these top tier quarterbacks, and just the complete skill set they have. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, and not get jealous and not be envious of what you know you once had and what other teams have. I, I want that mobility and I, I want the the size again too. Like being tall also isn't a necessity in football for a quarterback anymore. Like you don't have to be six, five to be a successful franchise quarterback, but man, it's such an advantage when it comes to vision. Like if you're smaller, like Jalen hurts, like a Kyler Murray or a Baker Mayfield or a drew Brees before you retired, you got to be able to make up for it with arm talent, with anticipation, when the vision gets cloudy, right? When guys are backing your alignment into you and your alignment is four to five inches taller than you, you got to have a Kyler Murray-like arm. you got to have that Drew Brees processing to make up for it. Jalen Hurts doesn't have that right now. So, yeah, I'm, I'm jealous watching the other guys. I'm jealous of the quarterback the Chargers have that the Eagles play on Sunday. And I think a Matt Corral, I think a Malik Willis could be that next guy. And so I'm really excited about Sunday's game, Eagles-Chargers. Trying to get back into the playoff race here with a win. It could put you tied for the seventh seed, in the wild card race in the NFC. But man, I'm equally as excited for Liberty Ole Miss on Saturday at noon. I highly recommend Eagles fans watch that because momentum is starting to pick up when it comes to those guys and their connection with the Eagles potentially in this next draft. Guys, that's going to do it for Locked On QB1 right here on your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, Locked On Eagles. We thank you for making Locked On Eagles your first listen each and every day. We will be back on Sunday after the game for our post-game show. In the meantime, I'm going to sign off for now. Make sure you subscribe to LOE wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube and on Twitter at LockdownBirds and at LOE. I'm Lou DiBiase signing off. As always, thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening, and let's go, Birds.